0: Amen. Amen. God is good. Can you say amen? Amen. So we do want to, you know, encourage you guys to just seek the Lord and see how he would have you uh, to fast during this time. We are going to be meeting. Um, Wednesdays, we meet every Wednesday from 12 to 1 to pray. If, if you're free during that time, I know it's not, it can't be for everybody. It's hard to get a time that's good just for everybody. Uh, but during the fast, we're also gonna have a prayer on Wednesday nights at 6.30 to 7.30, or somewhere around there, depends on what happens as we're being led by the Spirit, but uh, about an hour. Um, just seeking the Lord. And I, and I really feel, I, I, I believe what Kathy said there, I think that there's an intimacy in and in a depthness and a height and a length that God wants us to get to in Him that we have never got to yet at this point. We maybe touched some surfaces of it, but God wants it on a more of a, a longevity, uh, something that we're going to, to have and to be able to hold on to because He wants us to be able to teach other people who He is and they, He wants them to know how good He is too. Can you say amen to that? Praise the Lord well this morning on you know usually I kind of start out the the year um, you know with a new series and we're going to do that I'm not going to start that till next uh, uh, Sunday though um, and when we begin to talk about generations but just with all the things that were kind of getting thrown around these last several weeks and just praying about it, I really felt like um, the Lord had spoke to me and I wanted to teach on, you know, we sang that song, but I wanted to teach on the blessing. I want to I let you know the importance of the blessing uh, starting out this year. Um, you know, we, the Lord told me several years ago, maybe three or four years ago, to start praying this blessing over you guys at the end of every service. And I've been faithful with that. And we've talked about it a little bit. But I want to go, uh, the next few moments, just take more of an in-depth why this is so important. To be able to pray a blessing. Not just over you, but for, for you to be praying it over each other. How important it is for us to be praying it over other people. Uh, it's really, it's amazing because through this blessing, God really is revealing himself. He reveals himself. Uh, there's six parts to that blessing, you know, it talks about him. We'll read that in a moment. He talks about, Lord, bless you, keep you, smile upon you, be gracious to you, show you his favor, and give you his peace. And, uh, you know, the, the Jews believed there was some mystery in there because it says the Lord. It doesn't call out necessarily, you know, just says the Lord. They knew there's some mystery in there. And we can see through the New Testament what that mystery is being revealed. It's the Godhead. You can see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit through this blessing. And uh, I think it's so important uh, that we begin to, you know, pray this over one another. I pray this over my children. Um, I Every morning when I drop off Silas, it got to the point I prayed it over him so much, he started praying it back over me and uh, just getting a hold of it. But I want you to understand the importance of it, and I want to take just a few moments uh, to break that down for you. The first thing I want to do is I want to give you a couple scriptures because... Man, I really believe that as we get used to blessing and being a blessing, we'll attract blessing back upon ourselves. As we bless and become a blessing, um, we're really helping ourselves. Because a lot of times we we you know we speak curses, not necessarily like we're saying you know curse you, but just the way that we speak and things that we say, we're not adding blessing to people. And by not adding blessing to others, we're not adding blessings to ourselves. And You know, the Bible says, I want to give you a few scriptures here just to kind of take us in, and then we'll go to Numbers and look at this uh, instruction that God gave Moses to give to Aaron. But Proverbs 18 21, you've probably heard uh, the verse before. It says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I like the way the message Bible says it. Words kill, and words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose, so it's a choice. The death and life are in the power or the hand of the tongue. You know, James talks about. You know, he says, uh, you know, blessing and cursing shouldn't come from the same mouth. It shouldn't come from the same fountain. We bless God with our mouths, and then we curse our brothers, who's made in His image. And I think as we align ourselves to become a greater blessing for God's behalf, that we'll see a greater blessings in our in our own lives and in the earth as we're walking in obedience to him. Uh, Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, he said, Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Paul said in Romans 12, Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God would bless them. This is, this is like people that are being hard towards us. Maybe you know some people that are hard towards you, and the answer for them to come out of where they're at and for you to not be bound up is to bless. Yeah. Proverbs 10.22 says this, The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. And that rich doesn't mean just money. There's there's blessings that come with that. We see that, you know, God made Abraham wealthy. He made Jacob wealthy. He made Isaac wealthy. But there is more than just the wealth that this earth can give. The Lord makes rich. It enriches, one translation says, the the, the blessing of the Lord, it enriches your life. And the, the scripture goes on and continues and it says, and he adds no sorrow to it. He adds no sorrow to it. I like this one here in Proverbs 11, it says, the blessing of the upright, through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, or it's raised up, or it flourishes, or you could say it this way and still stay in context, and when, it, when the when the righteous are blessing the city, God is released to do what he really wants to do, because we're choosing to bless. God's a blesser. So... If you have your Bibles, I think, though, he's, he's got it up there now. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Numbers uh, chapter 6. This is where we'll be um, for the remainder here. But this blessing is actually called the Aaronic blessing or the priestly blessing. And uh, I'm going to read it to you, and then we'll kind of break it down a little bit. Uh, this is in Numbers 22 through 27. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons to bless the people of Israel with this special blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. I love this last verse. God says, when Aaron and his sons bless the people of Israel in my name, I myself will bless them. Now, searching that out, I want to I hit something first just in case your mind, because some people can go like, well, he's talking about the children of Israel there. He's talking about the children of Israel here. But as we went through the Scriptures above, Jesus wants everyone blessed. And Jesus himself and Paul confirmed what the Lord had said, is that we are a kingdom of priests unto God. And the, the number, there's only really two things that a priest, the, the, the job of a priest is to do. Is one is to minister to the Lord. And the other is to minister to people on behalf of the Lord. So we bless the Lord, and we bless other people in His names, in His name. And I'm, you know, sometimes you can think like, especially if you're heated about somebody. Maybe you know somebody that I mean, they just irk you. I'm, I, hey, I've been there. I've had people whenever you just like this, the thought of them would come up sometimes it's just like when your mind's not doing whatever else you're not even around and maybe you even haven't seen him in years and all of a sudden you begin to think about them and everything just begins to irk on the inside it's like oh i just i don't like that guy that girl whatever and i'm telling you what the i've learned in my life the only thing that helped me get rid of those things was to begin to bless them lord bless them help them i don't see you know there's things that i'm seeing but lord you see beyond bless them And when you say to bless somebody, especially if it's somebody who's coming against you, you're not saying, I want them to be prosperous and everything without any change. You're really saying, God, I want you to bless them. I want you to reveal yourself to them, that they can become all that you have called them to be. So we go into this, and he says, the Lord says, when Aaron, and this is a command of the Lord, when Aaron and his sons bless the people in my name, I myself will bless them. Now, Different scholars kind of go back and forth. I believe it's both. One, well, kind of go down through. Some think that it's like, as the priest bless the people, the Lord will bless the priest. And others are like, well, as the, Lord, as the priest bless the people, God is going to bless the people. Well, it's both. <laughs> because you can't bless somebody and not be blessed. That's just how God works. When you, when you become a blesser, you become the blessed. And the more you get blessed, the more you want to bless other people. And, and uh, uh, he's saying here, the literal translation of that, that last verse, it actually is, the Lord says, I, I do bless them. When you, when you bless them when you, with this blessing, you're, I'm going to bless them myself. What you're doing is really putting on the names of God upon them. We're going to see this as we go through this. But when we bless, we release the blesser. All blessing comes from God. Some people that don't know the Lord, they may grab that lingo and say, I am blessed, but they don't. You cannot be blessed without a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's impossible because he is the blesser. People may be happy that don't know the Lord because of favorable circumstances, but they cannot be blessed without being connected to the blessed one because he is the blesser. All blessings flow from him. So as we look at this, Kind of that first one, uh, really looking through, you know, God the Father, the Lord bless you. What does it mean, the Lord bless you? No, the dictionary, the regular dictionary says, uh, uh, bless means to make or pronounce holy. Well, I mean, we can say things are holy, but God is the one who really can say things are holy because He is the holy one. He has a standard that's way much better than our standard. Can you say Amen? And he's the one. He confirms. The Hebrew word for bless is really barak, which means to kneel and to worship. So you can see that there's, there's reverence, there's worship involved. There's, when you think about kneeling, there's humility involved because you're actually turning to the blesser to be blessed. It takes humility to ask for help, doesn't it? Well, God, there's, there's no shame in asking for help from God. God, bless me. You know, um, The prayer of Jabez is one of those. You know, Jabez, his name in in Scripture, his name really meant like one who brings pain or or, or someone who's just, you know, troubled in pain. And, And he didn't want that. And he asked the Lord, he's like, God, bless me. He had four things he asked the Lord for. Bless me. Increase my borders. Be with me and protect me. He's just asking God, and God is all those things. But when we think about we're asking God to bless someone, we say, Lord, the Lord bless you. This is all wrapped around the goodness of God. And the Bible teaches us that we are to taste and to see that God is good. Why wouldn't I want to pray that over every single person in my realm of influence? God bless them. God help them to taste and to see just how good you are. You know, the very first word uh, of blessing, the the first word that God spoke to man in Genesis, in Genesis 1, I think it's verse number 22, it actually was a blessing. The Bible says he created man in his image. and, And the Bible says he blessed him. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. So that we see with the blessing of God also comes this ability to be able to multiply, to, to continue, not only to be blessed, but the ability to not only be blessed, but to be a blessing because there's a multiplication fact that's taking place. So the Lord bless you. God also blessed Noah after the flood. It's one of the first things that he did. Uh, Noah uh, uh, set up a sacrifice and gave unto the Lord. And, and the Bible says that God blessed Noah and his sons blessing God's blessing is also a central theme in his covenant he told Abraham when he made covenant with him in Genesis 12 he said I will bless you and you will be a blessing through you through your blessing all the families on the earth will be blessed through his blessing of of believing and having faith in God and the reality that the Messiah would one day come and make all things new can you say amen So when we say, the Lord bless you, we're saying, may you see the fullness of the goodness of God in your life. And then he goes on to say, the Lord keep you. You know, the word keep actually means to watch, to preserve, to protect, to guard, to care for. It's really, you know, asking for the security of God. I mean, we have a lot of good security systems out there. You know, people put them in their homes. They put them in their businesses and everything. But there is no security system like the G-O-D security system. He knows how to preserve. He knows how to protect. Actually, the Bible says in in Psalms uh, 27, you know, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, unless the Lord is the one standing guard, we stay awake in vain. Because there is no protection outside of God's protection. Jesus went on so far to say, he's like, hey, you know, when, as you believe in me, you come into under the shadow of the Almighty, and no one can take you out of my Father's hands. No one can take you out of, your, out of the Father's hands. Well, you say, well, people go out of the Father. It's a choice they make to step away from the Father's hands. When we, when we begin to do what we want to do instead of what he wants us to do. We're we're battling between the lust of our flesh and the obedience of our spirit to the one who died for us. Can you say amen? So the Lord keep you, that's security of God. When we say the Lord bless you, we're saying let them experience the goodness of God. When we say the Lord keep you, we're saying may you be kept and secured in God's presence. May God protect you and keep you. Man, I pray that as my kids leave, now that my you know, kids are in college, as, as they leave, I pray this. And sometimes I'll pray it over them, and sometimes, you know, just as kids can do, oh, they're just walking out and shutting the door as I'm praying. It don't matter. They don't have to be present in order for it to happen. I'm placing God's names upon them. It's like a, it's like a, a, a little bullseye, so to say. You know, whenever we, you know, we can see in Scripture that, that praise is like a target to God. When I praise God, I make myself a target for His presence. But when I bless others, I make them a target for His presence. Because I'm, I'm blessing them. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. Keep you safe. How many times have someone prayed that over us? I know my grandmother did. How many times you, you were almost at a spot where it could have gone really bad and something changed around. You don't even know how it happened. I believe someone was praying for you, God's protection over you. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. Then he goes on to really looking at now the, the Lord or God, the Son, the Lord smile on you. You know, we get to see the face of God through the face of Jesus. Jesus came on the scene, and he was the, the exact representation of God, the Father, in bodily form. That's what the Bible says. He came. That's why he could look to, to his disciples, and he says, you know, when you see me, you see the Father. And, and Peter's like, what are you, not Peter, it was Philip, said, what are you talking about? We, we want to see the Father. Show him to us. He says, have I been so long with you, Philip, that you don't know the Father? When you see me, you see the Father. Jesus was the face of God the Father for us and when we think about the Lord smile upon you you know when someone smiles upon you it really gives the idea of like a, 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 a shining face which indicates God's delight why do we as Christians have such a hard time believing that God delights in us this is something that this thought pattern has to be eradicated from our minds because God delights in us. He delights in you, not because of what you do, but because of who you are. You are his creation. Now, there's things that we do. Obviously, we can say you know, that can be displeasing or whatever here or there, but it don't take away that delight. He delights in us because we are his creation, He loves us. He's longing for us to see him smiling at us instead of being afraid and in shame and and afraid to look at him and think that he's mad at us. No, he's not mad. He disciplines us, yes, but he disciplines us in love. That doesn't mean he's mad. That's another thing that we kind of twist up. We think discipline means in order to discipline, you have to be mad or you have to be angry in order to be able to discipline something. You know, the the real uh, definition of discipline is really just to tap along the right way. It's not necessarily a punishment that comes down. Discipline does not mean punishment. Judgment means punishment. Jesus said, I didn't come into the world to judge the world. I came to the world that that they through me, they can be saved. And if there's anything that's going to judge people in the end, Jesus said, it's going to be my words. Because you choose not to believe my words and what I said, my words will judge you in the end. I'm here to set you free. I'm here to show you the favorable year of the Lord. I'm here for you to understand that God the Father delights in you. He's smiling upon you. Don't be afraid to go to God's presence. Don't be afraid to lift up your eyes and look him in the eye. And I guarantee you're going to see a twinkle in his eye of his love towards you because he loves us and he delights in us. Why wouldn't I want to pray that over somebody that don't know the Lord? Oh, they're going the, they're, they're going the wrong way or, or right now because they don't have faith in Jesus Christ. They are, the, they are the, the children of the devil, as the Bible would say. Why wouldn't I want them to see God looking at them and the favor that he wants to bestow upon them as they become his children? That delight in his eyes. You know, the Bible says, the more we behold him, the more we become like him. That's right. The more we behold and see how much he delights in us, the easier it will be to actually feel like we are delighting him. That's right. Are you with me? That's right. The Lord smile upon you. It says, this is the pleasure of the Lord. Oh my. God wants us to experience his pleasure. That's right. He wants us to experience the pleasure of that union with him. Why wouldn't I want to pray that over somebody else? The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. May you see his goodness. May you be protected by him. May he secure you. May you, may you sense and be aware of how pleased God is to make you his own. Amen. If you'll just turn to him. Are you with me? Amen. Another definition of that word smile is to show you his Kindness. The Bible says it's the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. He's not, he's not looking to, to beat people over the head. He wants to overwhelm people with his kindness. Why are you so kind to me? You've seen it in movies where someone just seems like they're just so unlovable. They don't want to be loved, and they're just aggravated about everything. And then someone, you know, in the movie, they just keep on, regardless of what, they're not phased. they just keep on showing love and showing love and showing love and showing kindness. And something happens. Hope begins to arise in the other person where it seemed like there was no hope or whatever had dashed their hope in their life, whatever happened in their life that took hope away or pulled the rug out from underneath them, now something begins to grow up inside of them because you can't kill hope. You can suppress it for a season, but you can't kill it because hope is eternal. That's what the Bible says. I believe the word Do you. But when someone begins to speak constantly over, just like God, he's constantly speaking over us. In his delight, he's speaking over us. He wants us to view and see ourselves the way that he sees us because when we see ourselves the way he sees us, we'll begin to walk in the way that he des- destined and designed us to walk in. Are you with me this morning? So the Lord smile upon you. (laughs) The next one is, the Lord be gracious to you. Another one with God the Son, because, you know, uh, um, uh, grace and truth, the Bible says, was realized through Jesus Christ. It was through Jesus Christ. The Lord be gracious to you. That word gracious is really a mixture of the word mercy and grace. I love this because who doesn't need a revelation of God's mercy? And God's grace we need them both and the simplest definition I found over the years in describing grace and mercy is this grace is getting what you don't deserve mercy is not getting what you do deserve who how many of us God was so so kind to us. He he was so merciful to us. He's he's so gracious to us. But because he he didn't he didn't give us what we deserved when we deserved it, he showed us grace in the face of Jesus Christ that we could come to him. He showed us mercy. That's why it's so important. That's why Jesus said in the parable you know, about, about forgiveness. That's why the, the king in that story he was talking about was so angry with the person when he had forgiven a debt that it, 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 he, he was getting what he did not deserve, mercy, when he owed a great debt. And then that person couldn't go out and show mercy to somebody else. And the father said, hey, If I'm showing you mercy like that, you're aware of that mercy, and you can't give that mercy. Did you really even receive that mercy? Because it's not about just getting things from the Lord, it's about becoming more like the Lord. That holiness. He's the only one that can make us holy. The Lord be gracious to you. The grace and mercy of God. Then we get into the last two that really uh, uh, talk about the Lord as the Holy Spirit. It says, the Lord show you his favor. Favor, it kind of goes up with, it's a little bit different because if you looked up in different translations, they'll kind of like show favor in a couple different things. But as you break it down, it's like I talked about being gracious. And there's another translation will say favor in there. But as you dig deeper, you find out about the mercy and the grace. And then the favor here is not just like like mixture of grace because sometimes grace and favor can go (laughs) hand-in-hand in Scripture as you look looking it out, that's why I was always kind of you know, like to go back to the original, the, the Greek or the Hebrew and kind of see what the original language says about it, um, not just taking. So we can, we can get lost in our own thoughts of things of how we perceive a word when you go back and it can align things up. Okay, this is what is meant here instead of what I think and taking it in. But the word favor here is like the Lord show you his favor. This is really has to do with uh, God being near. You know, when you think about someone who is uh, maybe your, your best friend, you know, you're, that's the person that you favor, in a sense, the most, because that's, that's the one you want to be around the most. When we are favored by God, it's the favor of his nearness, being so near and so close. Why wouldn't I want to pray over somebody, the Lord show you his favor? May the Lord come near to you. May you be totally aware of how close God really is. And we all need that as Christians too. There's times that he feels so far away. But the truth is, the Bible says, you know, he says, it's regardless of what we feel at the moment, he said, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. That means he is right there. How many times in my life still have to use. It's not like you come to a revelation of something, you never have to use it again. You come to the revelation of something whenever you the Lord gives you that that understanding and then you practice it, but then that just becomes a tool inside your tool belt to use over and over and over again because just as it worked one time, it'll work again. And I have to tell myself when my feelings are saying that God is so far away and I'm not seeing things happen like I like to see it happen, I have to say, God, I know you're here right now. I began to acknowledge him by faith. God, you're here with me right now. You are here, even though all my senses are saying that I am alone. That is not the truth. I believe what your word says. You are right here with me. How many people need to feel the nearness of God today? Why wouldn't I want to pray that over people God, be near to me. The Bible says he is a, he is a present help in the time of trouble. When you go down through scriptures, God is so many things to us that we don't even call upon him for. So many things. The Lord show you his favors, that nearness of God. And the very last one, because uh, the Holy Spirit obviously we, we sense the nearness of God through that because the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of me. That is a good place to say, Amen. You got the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. That's near. God is near. Then he goes on, the Lord give you his peace. Now, peace, you know, we're not we're not just talking about, you know, peace in the Middle East, you know, and just it's kind of like a, we, we just want everything to kind of cease and just be quiet. No, this is so much more than just kind of a quietness. and, and it's, not, it's more than just taking away turmoil. Uh, the word peace is, is the word shalom, and it means wholeness, wholeness, total well-being, health and prosperity. There's peace, there's, there's health there, total well-being, a wholeness, prosperity, having everything that you need in every circumstance and situation. It's a completeness in number and soundness in body and in soul. Really, we look at this, what we're saying is the Lord give you His peace. May you come to understand the fullness of God. It's found in the, in the, in the face of Jesus Christ. May, you, may the Lord give you His peace. Peace, his shalom. And when we say these things, you know, when we when when I pray this, I'm not just going through the motions and just saying words and going out to you. When I pray this over you as a church at the end of every service, I'm praying this and believing that God is imparting things into your life. You have to see. When you pray and you ask God, you have to see, even if you don't see at that moment something changing in that person's life, you have to know that you just put a secret bug on that person. And God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, are going to search them out and reveal who He is, that He is a good God, that He does protect, that He takes pleasure in His creation, that He wants to show grace and mercy, that He wants to be so near, and that He wants them to experience His fullness. You know, the nearness of God is, there's a a thing that comes involved there that as he's showing us his kindness, and I'll say it this way, and you've heard me say this before, but um, there comes a time, specifically as believers, there comes a time in our walk with God where we as the pursued by God have to turn and become the pursuer of God. Because God, I mean, He's always chasing us, period, because He he delights in us. He's always going after us. I believe He is chasing people down and doing everything within His power besides overcoming someone's will. Clear up to the point, if they don't know Him, clear up to the point of their last breath that He is wrestling with them to taste that He's good. I believe that. I believe that. That's why I think, you know, when when it comes to... Somebody passing away, and, and especially if they live the life that, that we would think, you know, according to the biblical teaching, well, well, they must have liked this. Well, you know, I don't know until the last breath. That's between them and the Lord. I just pray. I know God don't give up on people, and He's going to continue to chase them and give them every opportunity up to the last opportunity that they have to turn to Him. And it don't take much. It don't take, gee, that's enough. It's a turning of the heart. The heart language speaks so much quicker than what you can get out of your mouth. And God wants to come near. But we have to come, get to that place where God, and He don't grow tired of pursuing us, but just like any relationship, there is a give and a take. And God wants to be desired and wanted to. I mean, you see all through Scripture, He talks about Him being the husband and the church as His bride. I mean, you go through uh, your marriage and, and only one person gives affection. And the other person don 't want to give affection it don 't it don't go so good god it 's not that God stops delighting and it 's not that he stops wanting to uh, favor you in all these things, but he 's waiting for you to turn to begin to pursue him because there's things that we receive from God as he's giving them to us, and there's, yes, okay, Lord, I receive, that's so good, thank you, Lord. But there's a goodness of God that we don't get to until we turn and we begin to seek him out for ourselves. It's deeper. It's richer. It's, it's higher. It's, it goes further. It, it, it's just, there's, there's just a unity that comes involved with seeking God. And all these things, as we begin to pray this over people, I believe, just like he said, he said, he says, when, when they pray this blessing over people, they, they're in my name, they're doing this in my name, they're really, what that means is they're putting my name upon them. All these things that we talked about is who God is within this blessing. I myself will bless them. And just closing up You know, we kind of see this because you can see it through Scripture. I'm just going to pull out one, but there's the apostolic blessings that you see from the apostles in their letters. Constantly, they're they're giving blessings throughout the letters. At the end of the letters, they're giving blessings. The Lord bless you. The grace of the Lord be with you. You know, uh, one of my favorites is, is 2 Corinthians 13, 14, and Paul says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Who doesn't need an experience of the love of God, the grace of Christ, and fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Jesus himself, as our true high priest, he prayed things along these lines in his priestly blessing the night before he was crucified. In John chapter 17, you can read it. It's the longest prayer by Jesus recorded in Scripture. You can see that going down through all the things with protection and unity and keeping and nearness, all these things that Jesus was speaking Over not only his disciples, but he said within there, not only this over them, but everyone who will believe in me through their word. We're part of that. So God wants everyone to be blessed, but we have a part to play. Ephesians 1, 3 says this, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Peter says this, we've been given everything, that we, that everything pertaining to life and godliness, everything that we need here on this, in this earth, spiritual realm, earthly realm, he is there and taking care of. We've been blessed by him. And Peter goes on to say this in 1 uh, in, in, uh, Peter 3, 8 and 9, he says, summing it up, be agreeable, be sympathetic, be loving, be compassionate, be humble, that goes for all of you, No exceptions no retaliation, no sharp-tongued sarcasm. Instead, bless. That's your job, to bless. Amen. You'll be a blessing and also get a blessing. Man, my, my hope for you, you can get it in any version that you want. You can look through different translations that you like. I've kind of settled on the one that, that I like that kind of just stuck with me. But I pray that you would begin to pray this over your family. I pray that you begin to pray this over your coworkers and the people. I pray it over our, our government officials. Pray it over, man. Everyone needs a greater revelation and understanding of God. Can you say amen? amen. Would you stand with me? Anita, could you come and just play something? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, we bless you this morning. We thank you for your blessing. Let's just raise our hands to him for a moment. Lord, as as what you've called us, you've called us the kingdom of priests, Lord God. And our first responsibility is to bless you. We bless you. King of kings and Lord of lords, we bless you, Lord God. The blessings that you've given us, we turn it back to you, Lord God. Who are we without you? Where would we be without you? Thank you for your benevolent kindness to us. You cared for us, you loved us, you thought about us before we even knew who you were, before we recognized. How many years did we run away from you? How many years did we do our own thing, choose our own path, care about ourselves? You still loved us, you still pursued us. And in your kindness, you bypassed our senses somehow or another, Lord God. You showed us into the eternal realm when we got to see you we saw you, we recognized who we were without you. We fell to the ground, Lord God. Seeing the depth of our sin, our wretchedness, filthiness. But you didn't turn away. You still didn't turn away. Even when you caused us to recognize our own filth, and separation from you. You didn't turn away put your loving hand under our chin drew our face to yours you looked in our eyes we could sense your acceptance we believe in you trust in you you know if you're in this place today you're online and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior God is looking at you right now and He's saying, I love you. I want you to come back to me because you're His. You're His creation. He loves you. You'll never be able to function right without Him. You weren't created to. It will always feel off. Always. It will feel off. There may be days when you may have some sense of joy rising up within you, but then you get on your pillow at night and there's just, things are just off. What's off is that you need a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. He's the only one. What a better way to start off a year with a new life in faith in Jesus. If that's you, if you're in this room today. or you're you're online, I'm going to pray a prayer and you can pray it with me and I just encourage you guys. There's no power in just kind of the repeating stuff or whatever like You can do that with me but it's in connecting your heart. It's in really knowing if the Holy Spirit, what is He saying to you today? Have you come to a knowledge that you need Jesus Christ? That without Him, if you died, you would go to hell and be separated from Him forever. That can change today just by turning to Him. By turning to Him. If that's you, and you say today, I want to give my life to Jesus, I want you to pray this with me. And everyone in here, just pray this along, even if you know the Lord. Just say, Father God, I come to you, and I surrender. Bless me, Lord. Protect me. Be gracious to me. Smile upon me. Show me your favor. Give me your peace. I repent of my sins. I turn to you. I look to Jesus. I believe that He died for my sins and that only His blood can cleanse me from my sinful nature and the sins that I've committed thank you for giving me a new spirit your spirit living on the inside of me and making me your son or daughter today in jesus name amen hallelujah listen i know um, if i could just ask some of the prayer team to come forward i know that there's those there were some that were on schedule today that weren't able to make it so kathy and uh, can i get weed offs can you can you guys come up if you're okay with that Listen, if you prayed that prayer or you need prayer, we're going to open up the altars. Especially if you prayed that salvation prayer, I want you to come up because there's power. You need to be able to uh, declare that to somebody. I just gave my life to Jesus. We will not be able to connect you with somebody. If that was you, you can come up in just a moment. If you need prayer for anything, then we want to be able to pray and agree with you. This is your year. This is your year. Of breakthrough. This is your year of overcoming things you've never overcome before. This is your year of becoming more of God who's, who has called you to be and walking in it and reproducing it and in other people. In Jesus' name, let me bless you. And if you need prayer, you can come forward. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord smile upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus' name. Amen.